This episode of Bald Move Television is brought to you by Keeps. To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash baldmove. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bald Move Television Podcast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to be talking about a couple subjects. HBO's new documentary they debuted this weekend, Leaving Neverland, about the Michael Jackson uh, pedophile scandal, as well as a Hulu original, uh, Into the Dark, which is their anthology kind of horror series. And the episode we watched is Treehouse. And we're going to be talking about that. Um, and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith's, no, Jimmy, Jimmy Simpson. Simpson, Jimmy Simpson's uh, star turn in that. Um, and I think that's it. Is this the one? This is the one that's going to make him finally famous? Yeah. Finally where people recognize his face and name? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to start with? I feel like maybe we should start with uh, Treehouse. Okay, let's do it. Okay. What did you think of... So this is a, this is a, a horror anthology. Um, this is like, I think, the sixth episode in this series that I hadn't even heard of until we started you know, no, doing yeah. the trailer prep stuff that we've been doing each week. Um it's uh, Bloom Bloomhouse Productions, is that right? Right. It's like kind of like an offshoot of that very successful kind of horror mm-hmm. horror factory. This is um, kind of a, a Me Too horror tale about yeah. a man in a position of power, <laughs> a truly fucking awful human being mm-hmm, who um, you know does the typical uh, powerful, rich, famous man thing of uh, pressuring women into sex and using his uh, power imbalances to. Uh, prey on women and he's done it since his teenage years what did you think of uh what did you think of the episode before we get into particulars uh i don't i did not think that it was a super well told story i've i felt confused through the first half of it um yeah as as to like what are the connections between all these characters because right. i understand that they're there but they only really make an explicit connection i thought between like one character and jimmy simpson's character and then they kind of just infer the rest through that connection to the other character. And I I found myself questioning, like, how are all of these people connected? Because they're speaking like they are, but mm-hmm. they never really, really gave me the clues to figure that out. So I was left confused by the first half. The second half feels oddly artificial for, the like, the climax of the, mm-hmm. the thing. But, like, it's an hour and a half movie. How much can they really do? with the time they're given. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I felt like, okay, I see what you're doing here, but I don't, I did not really enjoy my time with it. Yeah. There's, um, to add on everything that you said, what I think is right on. I also felt that this felt cheap in a way that, um, I think is unfortunate because there's a couple points. Like some of this hangs up with the rest of like kind of prestige modern television, but there's, a lot of stretches in this film where just you can tell that the budget is not great and it's kind of shoestring and they spent probably a lot on some of the names attached to the project and um it, it it's 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 too bad because I thought there was some really good ideas here and I I'm waiting for someone to make a definitive like me too horror story because you know, there's one, there's a one perfectly valid artistically way to look at the relationship between men and women as, uh, like this tenuous relationship between a prey species and their predators. They're they're much mm-hmm. larger, more powerful prey. Um, 
No, I mean, this is going to permeate everything we talk about today because yeah. the, the, that leaving Neverland thing is also kind of a prime example of a Me Too sort of thing, you know? Yes, and how, like, you know, abuse isn't just about women. It's also about men and young men, and Terry Crews can be Me Too. Like, there's a... Um, it, so, the, the problem, I think, other than the fact that the show is cheap-looking in places because it doesn't have enough budget, is that it's also written and directed by two men, and oh, okay. there's a couple points where, like, I don't... I mean, I think that uh, this is a story that would be best told by women um, because the nuances are mm-hmm. what makes things scary. And mm-hmm. I think these guys are kind of like our hearts and heads are in the right places, but I'm a couple years beyond their... You know, a couple years of thinking and kind of understanding the issue, and there's a couple places where, like, boy they really could have spiked the ball here and and really for for men it's it's un, it's this weird valley where the men that need to see this are not going to watch it and if they do they're going to be offended and huffy about it and for me this is kind of like funny it was it, it played as kind of like a broad parody and almost like a rocky horror picture show which i thought was an unfortunate tone because the yeah. serious the serious the the subject matter is certainly worthy of being taken serious and being scared by yeah and i mean there are a couple of you know lines in the thing that make me think it's a joke like uh he says something about like oh let me go you something bitches and they're like we're not something bitches angry bitches we're not angry bitches we're angry witches and no, I was like, oh, right. my God, is that a joke? Is that a joke? And if so, why are you joking shame on you? It's not funny. Yeah, it's a it's a bad, dumb joke that I already saw coming a mile away. I, I right. knew that they were like playing witches here. Right. But like, I, it also doesn't help that Jimmy Simpson's character is thoroughly unlikable in every way, mm-hmm. in every regard. He does not have a human relationship that shows any compassion or caring with anyone. Right. And so it's easy to write him off as just like, oh, well, this is an obvious asshole, you know? This doesn't uh-huh. apply to to normal human beings. And I feel like it would have gone a long way if we sort of liked Jimmy Simpson in some regards uh-huh. and then came around to the idea that, oh, actually, no, he's doing things here. He is making those excuses for his actions right. that they point out later. They It just, it was too, like hit you over the head with it yeah um so to get let's let's go into like specifics now so if you want to see this and you want to be spoiler free for it then i guess now is where you want to jump ahead to our michael jackson coverage because it's a that that's more of impossible to spoil honestly oh yeah um so i thought that there's a couple points where this thing elevates into something a lot better like where they have him paralyzed and chained up and they're reenacting his abuse like Uh literally in a way that, like, he wants to dismiss as, like, well, that's not how it happened, but you can tell that's exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty instructive, because I think a lot of people get the idea, and this is going to be a theme of the Michael Jackson stuff, too, that abuse is a scared individual pinned up against the wall with the door being locked, and there's no right. one there to hear them scream. But abuse is more like, you need this to get to to advance in your career and you're going to have to use your body for it and it can be yeah that's certainly one of the things that it is yeah like like it's a trend like this kind of like it's it's more of like an it, it feels like an opportunity being extended that's common and everyone does it and you're never going to get the access because you obviously are not good enough to be it's like it's it's it's, it's an attack on a person's self-worth it's attack on the person's place in their career like that's one of the reasons it's so insidious and it fucks up it fucks with women 
Um, yeah, it's it's manipulation. Yes, um, and it doesn't have to be physical right. uh, manipulation. It can be emotional manipulation, or mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of different things. But yeah, that's that's kind of why I felt like this was a little too just. It felt silly in yeah. some places because they they. I don't know. I guess, yeah, it does come back down to earth when I guess he's sitting in the car with his sister, right? Uh-huh. And I think that's some of the, the best stuff is when she's just trying to get him to recognize that right. these are all excuses that he's made to cover up behaviors that are not acceptable, but he wants to think they are. Yeah, no, like a lot of like, um, there are a lot of guys that have done some bad shit and they're desperately saying, well, this was just how everybody did. And like, Mm-hmm. what they're waking up to is like no we all didn't do this yeah and maybe we, the people in your circles did yeah and we're not we're not going to provide cover for that kind of shit anymore and we're going to increasingly start covering up and it's not like we're now that we know that you're not just joking about this shit that we're going to start calling it out um i also like the idea of like the thing that's cool about witches and they played with this idea in like some seasons of american horror story is it's um it's a way to flip that power dynamic we talked about in the outset, the predator prey, that like, what if in some certain situations, women actually had the upper hand mm-hmm. and they could prey on the men with impunity? I think that's a really cool concept to explore. And it's weird that this episode kind of double subverted it, made it all of like a trick. Because I don't know, because one of the things me and Cecily have been thinking about lately is like um, kind of a like a, a, a thriller type of movie that's about women that identify these shitty like high powered executives and movie executives that prey on women and they seduce them and then rob them blind and murder them like as a serial killer kind of situation. And mm-hmm. like, cause I think there is a way to make a really tight script that would be terrifying. Um, but also like justice boner kind of thing. Um, and, and somebody's going to find that right tone, that right kind of like revenge and, and exploitation and make a lot of money with it. Um, unfortunately, this episode's not that doesn't doesn't hit that mark either. So, so let me ask you: Can you clarify the the problems I was having with the relations of all these characters here? Like, they're all they all kind of grew up I in the same so. town and knew each they're, other from they're school. All friends of the girl who he raped in high school, I think. Okay, and so he kind of knows all of them. Like, obviously, his sister's in on it. Uh huh. That, that's the thing that left me stumped sort but, of at but the they end also i think it might be called as a sorority these all might be part of the weirdo sorority that she joined to yeah that he was kind of scornful of early in the episode i think there was at least one of them who he didn't really know uh-huh. um but yeah so that leaves me at the end thinking okay well this worked because it was all like all of the lead up to it was predicated on this relationship that they had already how are they going to repeat this? Because their goal is like, okay, one one asshole at a time, we're going to mm-hmm. take him down. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I I guess you'd have to come up with an entirely different plan for someone who it you're not. It'd have to be like a Charlie's with. Angels things, where you, part of like the thing would be intense research on the targets. So you would know right. the um, proper emotional fulcrums to push and, and spending, you know, a while earning their trust, earning right. you know the, your way into their good graces or Although their I do think it's inner not circles. That, I, think, I think the show does a pretty good convincing job that a guy like this Jimmy Simpson, that this type of abuser really just needs a bottle of wine and some attractive women to like, that's well, all the well, trust I think they needs, shouldn't have, right? They shouldn't necessarily have had him like know all these people then. Cause like but that, it, that but wasn't that the part of the thing is that he should have known them, but he didn't. But then he says things like he does know them. I, 
I don't know. See, this is why I was very confused by most of the lead up in this episode. Yeah. Because I was trying to figure out the relationship and exactly no, it's how a little much bit you of like him. I was talking, I was complaining about with Captain Marvel last night where it felt like there was a scene missing between Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, like their character between the them initial meeting and then them kind of becoming buddies. There is like a missing scene where they developed the rapport, mm-hmm. uh, somehow bridged all the cultural gaps and mistrust and suspicions and. And I felt like, yeah, there's that a little bit there, too. But I think it's because I think he he, like they they give this big like elaborate speech, like when they've got him drugged up and chained, like explaining all their connections. And then there's still a lot of episode left. So I think maybe you got confused between Mm -hmm. those interactions for sure. But yeah, I don't, also I don't know why they everyone had to know anybody. Like I think it would also be kind of a fundamentally interesting slash scary concept if there was a group of women yeah. who were using nonviolent, or I guess you know, if, sure <laughs> they're confining a person against a will, drugging, uh-huh. but they're not killing them. They're not non lethal methods of deterring male predators. Um, uh, and they would just come in like the A team, like okay, who's the sister that knows all the deets? Let's work up a thing. Blah blah blah. Like. I mm-hmm. think that that might have been more interesting and had less problems to it could been be cleaner. Yeah. But honestly, here's the thing. Like I, one of the things that I realized and probably because it's, is men in the production is like in the end. And then they, I don't know, maybe this is actually intentional, but he goes and like confess bears his soul to his daughter about what a shit he's been and how he wants to do better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith, if Jimmy Simpson had really learned his lesson he would realize how inappropriate it would be to barge in on this little girl on her mother's, you know, his ex-wife's new wedding day and demand time so he can give this big, confusing, emotional speech. Like, if if I, I think that what that woman, that, that 14-year-old girl should have done is like, Dad, guess what? You're doing it right now. You're doing the <laughs> shit you say you don't want to do. You're doing it right now. You're making all this shit all about you. It's not about me and my feelings. You're trying to make yourself... but. I don't yeah. think the show is aware enough to understand that, like, this guy's realization of what a shit he's been and the fact he's been scared straight is his kind of his cross to bear. Sure. But he immediately yeah. takes that guilt and shame and throws it onto his daughter and makes it weird on his mom, their mother's wedding day. And the mother, instead of being instead of them both being pissed about it, they treat it like it's like a big positive character development. And that's just stupid yeah i mean that's some shitty behavior that he was doing there at the end compounded by the fact that i don't think this changes a man like that fuck i think this scares the guy for a week and then Uh, it's like those damn bitches yeah he he goes those angry bitches yeah he he goes through you know another week of his life not seeing a single tattoo and he's like "Eh, yeah back to my old ways yeah he gets back to his kitchen and it's like okay shooting my reality show again i'm an asshole again right so I mean, it's a little fairy tale at the ending, right? right. Like with, with the idea that, oh, he's going to, this is the moment where he totally changes everything. Yeah. And they also think there's a stumble to have the, like the Cletus type character. Like he could have been an actual ally. And instead of being like a man that they, that's like a simple minded guy, they twist up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, part of it could be, is like, it's, this is not just the women's job alone to police the world vigilante style. Like, <laughs> uh, uh-huh as Gillette has suggested, maybe it's also the responsibility of the men to, to do some of this policing as well, or maybe the majority of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know how much more I want to talk about this because I think the rest of the material of Michael Jackson is much more inherently interesting to talk about. Do you want to talk about, are are you interested in more into the darks? No, I want to leave Neverland. Okay. And I don't want to look back. Okay. 
Okay, before moving further to the episode, I want to do some housekeeping on Bald Move Television, the Bald Move TV feed, which you can search uh, your favorite podcast app or repository like iTunes or Google Play. Search for Bald Move TV. Uh, we, uh, you're listening to it right now, so I guess you know how to find it. Yeah. Next week, Seth and I are going to be doing uh, a review of this first episode of season two of American Gods on Stars. Uh, we're also on a Bald Movies feed, which you can find similarly to Bald Move. Uh, TV by searching for bald movies on your favorite favorite podcast spot. Uh, we reviewed Captain Marvel last night, or excuse me, Captain Marvel. Uh, and next week we're going to be taking a look at uh, the Chiwetel Ejiofor debut directorial movie, uh, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. We actually saw it this week, but we ran out of time to talk about it, so it'll be out in the bald movies feed next week. Uh, if you're a club member, season three of Quip has begun to drop. We had the first episode out last week. Another episode will be out next Wednesday. Uh, and also, Cecily and I, in addition to doing the American God stuff, we are doing playthroughs of Super Mario games on twitch.tv slash baldmove on Wednesday nights and some select weekends like tonight, this Friday. We're going to be starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can see the archive of that at youtube.com slash baldmove or get in on the live pulse-pounding platforming action at twitch.tv slash baldmove. Uh, leaving Neverland. Um uh-huh. So I, we talked about this a little bit on the preview or our prep podcast or our prep video that we do on, on Twitch on Mondays. Uh, but I had a pre... I, I, there was a narrative going around for several years that I had kind of bought into. And I think it'll be interesting to explore where this narrative came from and why I was susceptible to it. But that like, you know... Michael Jackson did have several cases brought against him. He beat them all. There's tons of people that say that he never did this. He's also just a weird guy who had a very weird upbringing, and he's beat by his dad, and he was inappropriately sexually exposed as a boy by his brothers, and he was traumatized by it, and he had this kind of like eternal childlike innocence, and he just liked to spend time with children because that's what he related to, and there was nothing sexual to it, and there's nothing that's ever been substantiated. It was just a bunch of greedy parents that were their lives were exposed in court and i'm like i could almost believe a weird guy like michael jackson who is so famous that he's almost an alien could have it'd be like superman sleeping with boys like okay that's weird but what would a man from krypton that can shove planets around who would he relate to maybe he find but you want you're you're not even a half hour into this documentary before you're like oh shit this is super credible this is exactly what happened uh michael jackson maybe he came by it honestly but he's a total monster i had a huh 100 180 on this what was your experience watching it uh yeah so i think the most affecting stuff for me came in the final few uh more than a few minutes of this documentary when they started breaking down the thought patterns um, and the reasons that they didn't come forward first, because look, this is, this is a sensitive subject, right? Like Michael Jackson, the King of pop, a fucking idol to millions and millions of people. Probably the most famous person in our lifetime. I would say easily, easily. Uh, People are very, very quick to defend him. And I understand that. Like, I'm I'm myself not a person who idolizes very many people. I certainly don't idolize uh, Michael Jackson, but I love his music. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, an amazingly talented person. But you have to look at this pattern of behavior and accusations and start to say, okay, where does this cross over from 
he's a beloved figure who is a little bit weird to he's done some truly heinous stuff. And for me, it was when they started outlining their mental state during during and after uh, the abuse and also leading up to and after the, the coming out. Yeah, and I, it, I... It's extremely accurate to how I understand these things to work. Yeah, and the fact that, like, I saw... Because I dabbled into... I, I don't, Did you watch the Oprah special afterwards? No. Because I actually thought... And, and and I gotta say that I think if you're a parent, you ha- you really have to watch this. If you're a parent, especially mm-hmm. of young children, you intend to be a parent someday, you really need to watch this to kind of be up on how... Because I, I do feel like that this is something, like you said, it's a sensitive subject, not just because of Michael Jackson, but because we really don't talk about child sexuality and abuse and the way we think of it is in terms of like, I just got done watching a sci-fi original happy and it's this like disgusting monster, dirty homeless Santa Claus. That's abducting children in sacks and keeping them in boxes. And that's a pedophile, right? Sure. Um, or pedophiles like the creepy uncle. Um, but this where like, cause like famous or not, all this grooming shit kind of works the same way. Yeah. And this is the, like if these guys got together and coordinated with their friends and family and each other to tell the perfect tale of how predators and pedophiles actually work in the thought press process, then it's got good fictional value. I happen to believe they're telling 100% the truth. And, um, but it's stuff that like blows people minds. Like, like it's, like everything you think you understand about the psychology of child predators and their victims is like the exact opposite that you would think it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like you, you would assume there'd be a lot of anger there at the, the Vic or the victimizer or like the next day you suck Michael Jackson's penis and you're going to feel raw and like a victim. And and that you would never defend a person like that. Jesus Christ, you would never do that. But that, is not how it works often. You don't see that with a with an eight year old. Um, they love this person right. and they respect this person, and what this person is doing to them usually feels good. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason like kids two years old have their hands down their pants all the time because touching your genitals feels good, and when someone that you love and trust touches your genitals, it feels really good. That's why we have sex. That's why we engage in sexual relationships. Uh, and all those physical wires that are there for children, the horror is that, and I think that's the thing that really keeps victims in their places, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel wrong when you're in it. And what I think was really telling and why I think so much of the people that are hating these guys and sending them death threats, which is absolutely disgusting, are not getting it, is that you, when you think about yourself as a child, there's a really profound point they make that you don't ever think of your child yourself as a child. Like you always, every time you look back in your life, it's like the adult mature version of you passing judgment on the, on, on the actions you did as a child. But when you have your own child, like these men, when they had like their own boys and they grew up and they got Mm -hmm. to be seven, eight, nine, 10 years old. And they're like, Jesus Christ, this person would have zero defense against a Michael Jackson. And if I were to find out that someone did, what Michael Jackson did to me, to my son. Yes. I would fucking kill them. You would know like, what a violation it is. You couldn't yeah. feel it because of the manipulation. And yeah, but, but you all could clearly see it in a third party. And that's what is, that's, that's just the truth, man. That like that stuff they're talking about. That's exactly the psychology to traps victimizer, victim, people that are being victims and defending their victimizers because it's this, 
they're conditioned to keep this as a secret. And they made this very clear that mm-hmm. Michael Jackson conditioned them from the very early that, that like we are in love and this is how we show our love. But people are going to try to rip us apart. And if they do that, it's going to end your life. It's going to end my life. And, you know, the kids going through this and they love and trust this person. And this is an enjoyable experience and they don't want it to end. And they end up carrying their abusers water for them, which yeah. is another way to keep them victimized for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So. And also the other thing that people don't like, they think that I think the conception is that if Michael Jackson was a predator, he'd be fucking Macaulay Culkin for sure. He'd be fucking Corey Feldman for sure. All these other kids he didn't fuck like pedophiles are like everybody else. It's like they don't go after everybody. They have a type. Right. Yeah. And the easiest types are the ones that are kind of needy and have a little bit of vulnerability. And right. That's the thing. Like, he, you know, he probably maybe, you know, poked around the edges a little right. to try and see if that would go anywhere and maybe Macaulay Culkin was a little bit more resistant to it and he knew that if he tried to pursue it things might go badly so he backed off like yeah Cole, uh, Macaulay Culkin was probably starstruck on Michael Jackson but not in the same way that right a, I mean he's been around stars since and he these was, kids weren't just like Michael Jackson fans they were kids that spent years practicing their routines in the yeah. mirror and copying his style and like being all about michael jackson Mm. it's not like they called into a radio station one day and won a prize it's like this was work that they put in through contests and practicing dance routines and it's you know it's yeah and i think the documentary did a great job i I read a like a paragraph of a review that was uh conducted with the creator the documentary and he was talking about how He needed to get these graphic, detailed explanations of exactly what physically happened sexually between, you know, Michael Jackson and these these kids because and I think it's it's exemplified when they show the interview that uh, Wade did with Matt Lauer Mm. in 2011 or something when, when he finally realized, okay, I need to come out about this. In that interview, he says, you know, what did Michael Jackson do to you? And he said he sexually abused me. Mm-hmm. That's an easy thing to look at and say, well, what what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what what does sexual abuse mean? What it, That's an easy thing for anybody to say, right? To jump in and just say, oh, he sexually abused me. But when you describe it in these graphic terms, mm-hmm. I think it brings a weight to it. it. It makes you sort of understand the severity of it. It makes you understand a lot more deeply what this kid was going through yeah and and it's not something that's as easily brushed away well and it's also i think the documentary did a great job of like building up to that and there's also a lot of subtext there too like the i you know just like we talked about lorena bobbitt it's interesting to see matt lauer who we now know is a is a uh, is a powerful famous man who used his power and fame and position yeah. to take sexual advantage of young inexperienced women. I was watching Matt watching Lauer's him, face as much as I was watching Wade's dude, in that it's interview. It's fascinating yeah. watching him as a prosecutor like and I know he's not <laughs> intentionally I don't I, but but like it's weird watching a person who uses his power to victimize other people interview like a victim and how what a massive conflict of interest that is mm-hmm. that that matt lauer never obviously divulged like how many of these interviews that he's done like this that it's kind of like it's it's a taint right like he he should be forced like by the laws of journalists and ethics he should have to turn to the cameras like by the way i bang every hot 21 to 23 year old that walks through these doors with the, just hoping to get a journalistic career uh yeah yeah and and like 
you know, that would be like, okay, well, why are you so skeptical? Why are the quit that 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 would let us know? Like, if he was interviewing fucking Tyson Chicken CEO and he owned stock in Tyson Chicken, he'd have to divulge that or accuse himself. But this shit is oh, this yeah. this bubbling undercurrent that's that's going through like this this the Hollywood media and mm. any place that there's there's wealth and power imbalances. Um, yeah, I thought it also did a good job of showing how. I think Michael Jackson grew in sophistication of how he groomed the people. Like you look at the time and effort it took for him to gain the family, the first family's trust that he started with when Neverland wasn't the big thing that it was like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, he kept adding to it. And then you saw how like, a, like five years later, how efficiently he uh, was able to groom a uh, hyper groom, this Australian family. Um, a lot of people I, I think that's just showing a predator that's getting more sophisticated in his approach and is getting more confident and he know and he's had practice. Yeah, I mean this is the, <laughs> I I think of shit like uh what what is Rob Zombie's first feature film? Uh House called? of a Thousand Corpses? Or? Yeah, some some something like that. Uh with with you know, the family of like clowns who has like sort of created their life around kidnapping and murdering people. Yeah. That's what I feel like was happening here. Michael Jackson created this fantasy world in which he was able to do these things to these kids and built his life around that. Enabling it. Yeah. And no, it, it's, and it, it's creepy as they show like Neverland getting more elaborate, you know, yeah. and all these places that they could go to be alone to, to do these With acts. Locks, like, you know. yeah, it's. It's really creepy when I start thinking about it in those terms. Yeah, how this was just one massive prop that he used to gain children's trust and um Yeah. And and isolate and and get the kids that he was attracted to isolated to where he could, you know, feel them and their parents out for like what kind of relationship he could arrange with them. And I know we've turned off everybody already who doesn't agree with us on this. because um, clearly I think he's guilty. I think you think he's guilty. Uh-huh. Um there are people out there who probably don't think he's guilty. And I would ask them to look at the pattern, look at Michael Jackson's life yeah, and say, what is normal about that? And what, what aspects of that would you be comfortable bringing into your own life? Like, are you, are you yes. comfortable letting your child go to a stranger's house and spend the night? Someone you've known for two days, like came to a backyard barbecue uh-huh. on the 4th of July, uh-huh. on July 6th. Uh-huh. Are you, are, you've had a couple phone calls with them. Are you letting them go stay yeah. at that person's house? Yeah. They don't have any kids. Like yeah. are, what, what, <laughs> I don't understand the mental process that has to take place to say, well, no, absolutely. This is not okay in any circumstances, except, you know, Michael Jackson. Right. He, he's fine. He loves kids. Like, I have a hard time with the parents. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, I want to keep because like here's the other thing for the. I, I, maybe we should have started with this, but I think when I was reading these defenses of Michael Jackson online and the discrediting of of Wade and the the other kid. Um, oh, I didn't read any of those. I I, sh- I shouldn't have, but I thought like you know, in interest of just to see how this how the how this is being defended, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it seems like it's a lot of it's mostly just like, well, these guys lied on the stand. They're admitted perjurers. So why should we believe them now? But a lot <laughs> of it is also like denying the lurid details of Mike. Because like, you know, how many people actually 
was in the room with him when he's abusing his children. None. That's zero. Yeah, that's right. That's the whole fucking point. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. Take all the sexual aspects out because the other stuff is public information. It's not disputed. The fact that this Michael Jackson set these kids up with fax machines and sent them mm-hmm. five, 10, 15, 30 faxes yeah. uh, of increasing desperation. Oh, little one. I haven't gotten a fax from you for a while. Can I get a fax? Can I get a fax before Beckett? If this yeah. is a man with a, an adult woman, you would say that's an emotionally abusive relationship. <laughs> That is this. And and now you think about this inappropriate, abusive, emotional. And again, none of these facts are in dispute. The fact that he would spend Mm -hmm. six, seven, eight hours on the phone with them sobbing about how lonely he is talking about how bad his life, how they're the only thing in the life is their their, his life that makes them feel bad. Like these are shit. These are facts that no one's really arguing about. They have the facts like one of the creepiest things is just a slideshow of the facts that he sent these facts, F-A-X faxes that he sent these children at all hours of the day. And like, you know, one mom came out, they come home from like shopping and there'd be like a carpet of them on the floor. Cause he's just like desperately sending faxes. Mm-hmm. That shit is not okay. Right. That shit should get him an, in, in plenty of legal problem. He should have had like restraining orders. He should, that, that shit isn't, that shit is not okay with an, with the hat, the, the, that type of relation happened with an adult. He's having them with children. Yeah. And that's why it's super inappropriate. That's, you know, there's so many reasons why it's inappropriate to have sex with children. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we have to sometimes break them down because, like, yeah, yeah, that's how people start finding. That's how motherfuckers start finding ways to walk between the 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 the, the raindrops. These are these are children whose society says can't give consent to anything mm-hmm. because they don't have maturity enough to understand any type of long term commitment. And you're putting them into an adult sexual relationship. Number two, so they can't give consent. You're 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 raping them. Uh, they there's a there's an implicit power imbalance. You by virtue of you being on the planet two three times longer than them you know more shit and you're much more easy to manipulate and you're jaded and they're not um the list goes on and on but one of the things is you're giving like your first sexual relationship is fucking intense Mm -hmm. imagine it's with someone that is so much more powerful than you and so much more famous and the whole world is saying like there's this montage of like princess diana congrat giving him an award and ronald reagan giving him an award and everyone's saying he's this heroic citizen and you're this person um that he's 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 having sex with and and being infatuated with and then he's going to completely break up with you in a year when you hit puberty and find another little boy yeah and these kids are going to go through this this I mean, that's I, I I don't feel like you should have to say why that's wrong. Like that's like that. That's just it is like this is going to. And, and, and also you add. So so then you add all the implicit guilt and shame they have of uh, knowing that, you know, that that Michael Jackson is telling them that this is, you know, people think this is wrong, but this is how we show our love. And you got to keep secrets and you can't trust your parents. You can't trust any kind of women. You can't trust your parents. They're going to try to cut us up like when you hear these these men talk about their adult lives and how they disassociate from reality and how they have a hard time trusting people and forming relationships and they have these intense feelings of shame and they don't know why and when they think about well it can't be the thing with michael because that was actually right. yeah that was a fun, I, was, I look I back at that memories that, that yeah. was my best time what a fucking mind fuck man <laughs> yeah no i mean it's like the idea that there's a power imbalance just inherently between adults and children, mm-hmm. and then you amplify that with you being the most famous person in the world. Yes, uh, like this is it the most get, make extreme. It any better. This is the most extreme. Yeah, and the thing that like what what makes me sad is I think 
there is there is a need for mentors, male mentors for, mm-hmm. for, for boys and girls. And I think of like, uh, you know, like, like Peyton Manning hosts a camp in Indianapolis every year where he takes some at van- uh, risk youth. And I'm thinking like, what an amazing experience it would be to be like a 13 year old boy or a 14 year old girl and have like Peyton Manning kneel down and put his hand and, and, and spin like a couple minutes and praising you and like wh- how that like could really charge up your battery and do good. Mm-hmm. And yet what if Peyton Manning's fucking these kids? Like it's it's like we live in this world where vampires are real, but they're just really rare and they're just kind of random. And if you lived your life on full vampire alert, you would kind of be weird and closed off. But like, are we just going to accept that every once in a while a vampire is going to come and suck the blood out of somebody? Like, what is what? How do you? Because because I'm thinking like, what we need is we need to set like some kind of mentoring guidelines or code. But then like one of the yeah. first things that they established in the the Oprah special is like the first stage of grooming is making sure the adults are super cool and 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 think you're ultimately trustworthy with their children. Sure, yeah. Which is what a good mentor would try to do too. So fuck, man. Yeah, I mean the. I mean, I guess I draw the line in the sand where you start. Uh, leaving your children in inappropriate situations with this person. Yeah. And, and overnight say sleeping in the same yeah, bed, like, like uh, installing a fax lunacy. machine, getting unlimited access to your child through the internet or phone, unsupervised access. Like yeah. you, you, I, I personally would say that your child should never be alone with another human being who isn't part of your family. But even then, uh, the part of your family yeah, is... Yeah, I know. That can yeah. be the most insidious... Right. Uh, the insidious uh, place for abuse is in the family, and it right. probably happens more often than not in the family. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, at least there's a layer there that you can say, okay, well, this stranger, this person we know nothing really about, mm-hmm. should not be allowed to spend time alone with this child. Like, if they want to mentor them, get them in an official situation. Get yeah. them... You know, at this this camp with Peyton Manning where there are other people around and at least there would be people there to tell the tale. But like that's that's the thing. There wasn't. Yeah. When, when you have a place like Neverland that he can that he has crafted to be his sexual abuse hideaway. Right. It's pretty fucking hard to do that. And I I, I go back and forth on how much I blame these parents because I get Man, it. Like, yeah, they're they were stupid. They were very, very stupid for trusting this person who they didn't know that much about. Yeah. So, so quickly. Uh, but at the same time, like we we talk about parasocial relationships all the time, right? They yes. felt that they knew him. They felt that Michael Jackson is a good man who cares about children, who Look who loves the children, and helps he them, right? Look how happy he makes people, and, and and he's he's around kids all the time. He's they're part of a stage act. It's right. It. <laughs> I. But but at the same time, like they're also think that they're doing a good thing for their child because you get weighed in that situation where the biggest pop star in the world is is mentoring him, and one of them parlayed it into a fairly successful like car- yeah Wade did. I mean Wade is one of the the and, highest profile dance choreographers in the world, and they still have like very complicated feelings about Michael Jackson, right? Like it's not like they, f- but that's what I mean. The parents here like they thought they were doing something good yeah. for their children. And their they children had a little was on board the whole time. And I think I right. think parents think that if this was happening to their child, they would have like this hollowed out thousand R yeah, like they'd come back right. the next day and there'd be something wrong. Capital S, capital W. Yeah. And so when the child's like, No, man, I want to stay with Mike for the rest of the week, it's gonna be awesome. They're thinking uh-huh. if there was some if this was something wrong, the child would be like, I don't want to do this. 
Um, and I think parents also think that they would never let their child get into this situation. They'd be too smart. Right. I, I, they would never be so stupid. Are you kidding me? But that's not how this stuff works. I also think, if we're being honest, there was also, they got caught up in the money and the fame and the fact that this transformed their life and they looked the other way. They, I think they let yeah. that. I'm trying not to judge. But honestly, the real victims are the children there. They're having a hard time forgiving their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, 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 it sounds like a process. Like, I had a heart like I don't want to condemn them, but I also think that it was possible to make much better decisions even oh, in agree. the time that they did. And if they had like, um, you know, it, it seems like also the fathers had a better beat on the situation, too. Didn't one of them really? commit suicide? See, yeah, yeah. One of them did. James uh, Safe Chuck's uh-huh. dad, I think, killed himself. Um, was it? Wasn't his dad? Yeah, I think, I th- I think one Wade's, of them. Wade's dad. And, and, like I it seemed like was he really was like, 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 like him. Like, but but Wade's dad. Oh, really? Because his brother, I remember thinking, like when it became, or maybe uh, maybe it's a safe chucks. I, I got the two confused. I'm bad with names. And yeah, I I actually couldn't tell you. Um, hey, before we go any further, I want to talk about our sponsor today, Keeps. Fact is, losing your hair sucks. And the other unfortunate fact is, two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. I certainly have, Jim. I don't know about you. I got lucky. I dodged that bullet. In fact, if I had started using Keeps 10 years ago, it might be called Hair Move instead of Bald Move. Uh, Keeps is here to help. They are the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. The FDA-approved products used to cost a lot, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Used to be because some of these pres- uh, the, the drugs that are found in the Keeps products are available only by prescription. Uh, they have a nifty way where they can hook you up with a licensed physician to retrieve and review your information online, recommend the right treatment for you, and write the get get the prescription so you can get the medicine shipped to your door every three months. Uh, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair products, uh, hair loss products out there. Um, and a lot of people have tried them before, but they might not have gotten them at this price. I know that I, when I was in my early 30s, I started realizing I was losing my hair. The first realization is when I'd go to the beach and the top of my head would burn and it never used to burn before. Huh. Um, okay. And I started using a competitor back in the day, but it was very expensive. Um, I couldn't get the oral medication. Or I didn't have time to go to a doctor. And I thought that the the the, the topical solution you put to your head was kind of it smelled funny and it was, a, it was like a greasy formulation. I've tried the Keeps product again. Uh, these products don't really grow hair back. They prevent your hair from falling out. Like there's a complex mm. biological reason why men's hair begins to fall out and it chemically attacks that and prevents that from happening. So you, no one has to go bald. Now we have solved this problem. If you're mm. bald already, you got to wait for the captain Picard solution. But if you're not bought about, if you're not bald now keeps can help you and they can do it in a hassle free, inexpensive way. It's only 10 to $35 a month. Plus you get to keep your first month free. That's a pretty, Sweet deal for keeping your own hair, I think, Jim. So to receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash bald move. That's key. I'm sorry. That's not key. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash bald move. Uh, that's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash bald move. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. 
This podcast is also sponsored by us, Bald Move, through the club at club.baldmove.com. What uh, kind of crazy claims? Because we get a lot of talking points from these yeah. outside sponsors. We can say whatever we want here, right? Listening to Bald Move does not cause cancer. It will not make you bald either. It will not directly lead to hair loss. As long as you're using Keeps. I actually can't vouch for it not making you bald if you don't use Keeps. It's, 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 there's no causal relationship. It's casual at best. Fair. Uh, club. Uh, using club.baldmove.com uh, increases your perceived sexiness to those that you respect and admire around you. Uh, and it's a very sexy community in Bald Move. It is. The club, sexy as hell. Uh, and you can you can you can see that firsthand by going to club.baldmove.com. If you go to that page, you actually will get to sample a lot of the sexy content for free. Uh, you can see what a lunch with Jim and Aaron is. You can see what a quip is. Uh, you can ex- be extolled the virtues of ad-free feeds. So you don't have to hear me make up hilarious fake uh, medication interactions with Bald Move. Uh, you can you can get all that with that without commercials by using our ad free feeds. There's VIP sections of forums. There's tons of great features, video content, video versions of our podcast. Try it for free by going to club.baldmove.com. You can get a free 30 day trial just for signing up. Club.baldmove.com. But yeah, I, I can I, I went back and forth between like obviously it's not as easy as like this transactional like these kids sold their parents. Like I think that that's how some people like to frame it. Like all oh, these parents sold their kids into sexual slavery, but I do think they no. got seduced by the wealth and the fame and the power and how this transformed their lives. And also and, and was how good it could, for their kids. How it could and, transform their child's life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like imagine if you're Michael Jackson's protege, and you know, I um, yeah. I mean, like I said I, I think I get it. I think they're in denial about a lot of this stuff, but 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 I kind of I kind of get it, for sure. Um, there's other stuff to talk about, sort of around the fringes, because I'm 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 very much of the mind like, okay, Michael Jackson's dead. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I saw a lot of radio stations have started to pull his music from their playlists. Uh, the, the I guess the creators of like The Simpsons have decided to pull one of the episodes with him in it from uh from airtime yeah, on when tv like, from yeah, streaming yeah, yeah. services from future dvd and uh-huh. blu-ray box set uh-huh. kind of stuff i i think so for the sake of the family because these 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 families both michael jackson's family uh wade's family safe chucks like all of those people are going to probably be hurt by hearing his music in public venues so i think i'm okay with sort of pulling that stuff out of the the public limelight. Well, and there's some things like no brainers, like Simpsons that are a cartoon that, and it's about like this person having a relationship with the young, the young, it's, it's not like he bonds with Homer. He bonds with Lisa and, and, and Bart that's, you can't, well, I, I think it's, you got to pull that one off the shelf. Maybe I, I don't, I don't know because like, I'm looking at this, like what do they have a choice to interact with? Mm-hmm. Um, you you hear like a Michael Jackson song at a ball game or something. Well, mm-hmm. you don't you didn't have a fucking choice. You know that just kind of right. surprised you out of nowhere and could cause some real emotional harm. Sure. Whereas like you go buy a, a box set of The Simpsons, you know they did a Michael I Jackson episode. True. So maybe you shouldn't buy that box set, or right. maybe figure out which episode it is and don't I'm watch just it. From like, a, as a creator standpoint, if this was my product and it was a it was a it's a show that's been at least partially marketed to family and children over the years, I'm just saying I wouldn't feel comfortable with that remaining in my catalog. It's not Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think what what I 
I think none of this is a moral imperative. You can do whatever the hell you want. Here's the thing. I'm still going to listen to Michael Jackson's music. He was one of the most amazing performers sure. of all time. Right. And yeah. I love his music. And I think that everyone's going to feel differently about that. Like, yeah, for you sure. might feel different about that if you were, uh, you might feel different about that if you're a, a victim of child abuse yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, and like, you know, one of the things they said, statistically, one out of every six men were inappropriately sexualized as young people. And that's something mm -hmm. that I know is not talked about. And they do a lot of um, there's a lot of men like Anthony Edwards uh, of of, of <laughs> Top Gun and ER fame was one of the celebrities in the Oprah show that came forward about being a, a, a survivor of child sex abuse hmm. and. Um, there's a, fa I f I think a football player that was in the crowd too, and he had a an, an, some interesting insights on it. But like, it does seem like it's something that we should. There's a lot of stigma and shame, and I wonder, I wonder how much of that is to blame for a lot of the backlash against some of this Me Too abuse stuff. If like one out of six men actually is sexually abused as children, and it's such a thing that we don't really talk about and don't understand and make people repress. Like, I can see people being pissed that like. Well, women who are adult are getting and me, I don't get this. Like, I wonder if some of this is just misplaced anger and rage and hmm. shame. Yeah, because my God, it seems it's increasingly hard for me to understand how much this some of this backlash um, against Me Too movement uh, was should. I think this this thing shows and Terry Crews, this should be something that we're all in on. Yeah, yeah. like it should just be not. It should be societally unsacceptable where it's not criminal, in fact criminal, to inappropriately sexually take advantage of people in mm -hmm. any context. Um, it's it's it de it's dehumanizing. So yeah, um, yeah. So what people like? I think corporations, like you said, like I think if you want to be a good citizen, you have to understand that playing certain artists to have a reputation for having a certain amount of abuse is going to potentially Everyone's going to be thinking about it, and some people in the audience that experience it are going to have some really intense negative reactions to it. And sure. you should think about that. Personally, yeah. Like, so let's talk about other. The, the other thing is like R. Kelly. There's <laughs> it's not there's, a problem for me. I've not really ever listened to R. Kelly. But but you but you know what I'm so, saying. Like I think there's also yeah. differences between artists that are alive and there still profiting. Is. Yeah, I, I don't know why Michael Jackson's family should not still profit off of the work that he did. I don't think they're handling this very well. They're in full bunker going to war against these uh, men mode. Um, the this, this state of Michael Jackson are like swearing oh, legal yeah, engines. Yeah. I've seen and, like Paris and stuff talking on Twitter about it. Yeah, like the, the families. And there's like, you know, a lot of the family are still public figures. And I think there is, uh, you can't demand, but I think there's an expectation and, and uh, hope that some of the more famous family members can come forward and try to, to, to heal this a little bit or makes sense like because the other thing is like michael jackson super predator but the other thing that i don't think we talk about child abuse and it's kind of interesting in the context of this vampire analogy is that um a lot of times victims of abuse ritually do that abuse to other children yeah and they take that trauma and that sometimes can fuck them up in the head and, and lead to that later in life. So it's like we know for a fact that Michael Jackson went through a lot of abuse. Yeah. Michael Jackson was raised in a very extreme cult. One of the fucking triggering things to me was I'm sitting here watching this fucker doing this emotionally inappropriate birthday tribute to 
this little boy and he makes it into a Jehovah's Witness talking point at one point. He's like, well, no, you know, of course I don't celebrate birthdays and you should really give presents to your parents for giving. <laughs> and I'm like, you motherfucker is raping these children and you're trying to preach about not celebrating birthdays. Yeah. Tell us about the Easter Bunny next, you fuck. Like I went like I fucking almost broke my t- television. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah, it's pretty personal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, like- and, and that's what I mean when I talk about like maybe we should pull the music from public venues because right that that feeling right like something could strike a nerve and be very personal and like yeah like if 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 you can um like smooth criminal is a fucking jam oh i i can't name a song of his that isn't a jam and you know and <laughs> like, like i think that like i was like also like i a lot of his like the jackson five is in my christmas list uh-huh you know, like little kid and like, you know, like I sometimes when I listen to that, I can hear like Joe Jackson's belt cracking in, in the background and how fucking horrific like that's like child slave labor that I'm listening to. It's but but that's the thing is like if you can, some people are going to be able to compartmentalize that better than others. And I think that it's it's a bad idea to dismiss the people that can't as snowflakes. It's a bad idea to dismiss the mm-hmm. people that can as unthinking monsters. And maybe we should have those like. And our friend circles, those are absolutely in our family circles are absolutely conversations we should have. Like, what do we think as a as a as a unit of civilization about how we should handle it? Because, oh, you know, Jimmy got molested as a boy and we don't know it. And like Mary got raped as a as a grown woman. And we might not know that. Like, yeah, you know, how easy do we want to make it? How comfortable do we want to make everybody? And 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 are like people like um, Roman Polanski and R. Kelly and Woody Allen, are they still alive to be making money? And that's the important distinction, I think, yeah, is if Michael Jackson was still alive, I would feel very weird and very bad, and I probably wouldn't ever buy one of his albums again. Uh, However, he's not alive. He can't benefit from me still enjoying his music. So I think in as much as it doesn't hurt the families that have been affected by this Mm -hmm. or or the, the other people who would be affected by this, it's okay for me to listen to his music. That's personally how I feel about it. And I, that doesn't make him not a monster. I'm not trying to defend the man. Yeah. I'm simply saying this is good music that I enjoy listening to. Uh, and I don't think that they should be forced to listen to it. Yeah. So, and so I also get it out of their faces. Some of this, um, some of this backlash and negativity is a racial component too. Um, that oh, sure. Yeah. Like, you know, the black community does not have a lot of like, I mean, they do. Like that's 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 the reason we have Black History Month is to let like no, actually, there's a lot of great black leaders and in, in culture and popular culture and science and industry and all that stuff. But it's perceived that like you know white people have so many icons they can look up to and like we lionize mm-hmm. people that are actually slaveholders and like look up to them as our founding fathers and. Yeah. You know, I think there's some anger when like a, a guy like OJ or R. Kelly and Michael Jackson get perceived to be taken down because it's like, look at all the shit we swallow from these great white men. But like, uh, I think it's, I mean, obviously that's misplaced and that's unfortunate. But like, I understand that reaction. I understand that being protective, and also this is another, this is another thing. I you know, just, just trying to tear this black man down and and. There was a kind of gross undercurrent of some of the le- the the more left leaning sites of like sharing like comics that have come out and like defended Michael Jackson or bu- black public figures and it's like you, can we give some people time to process this? 
uh, like, yeah. you know, Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson. And like, I'm not saying that we excuse it and we like just we just concede the public space and debate to the to, to people that are having trouble processing that. But can we have a like I understand that this is tough. If you are a super fan and you've developed, you've oh, yeah. derived a lot of self worth and and inspiration from this, and and now that you that that's that's fun fueled by a monster, like is that something that takes a while to come to grips with? I probably, yeah. And, and I think one of the big challenges here is that that man was so famous, he touched so many people's lives so powerfully that it's very difficult to step back and say. Yeah maybe that that those feelings were misplaced yeah and it's the thing is that there's hundreds and thousands of people who michael jackson have made their lives better like people that work for him people sure. that he paid their scholarships people that yeah. he paid their medical bills that he did including many concerts. children who he didn't abuse and yeah. and i'm saying and he might have only abused five children uh-huh. but <laughs> he did abuse those children y'all yeah so like that's why like that other defense is like look at all the great things he did how can he be a monster history is replete with people who have done great things sometimes because they're a monster and they <laughs> they realize they're a monster yeah. and they're desperately trying to dig themselves out of this monster hole and also another thing that we haven't talked about because I don't have the tools to talk about it is like how the fuck do we help pedophiles <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. One of the uncomfortable things is everything you can say about almost any type of sexual expression that we come to understand that like these aren't personal. Like why would a person make a personal choice to live a life sexually that gives them so much grief when they could just have a normal sexuality? Like I think that applies to pedophiles Mm -hmm. and that like dear God, if there's the most hated, persecuted race and and class of people alive, it's it's, it's pedophiles, right? So I don't think they're – like choosing to do this, is there a way that we can get them as a treatment or effective help? Like, I don't feel like we're even really scratching the surface because if, and I'm probably going to get some emails, I'm not defending pedophiles. And I'm not mm. saying that I think they should be free to molest children. I'm saying if we figure out a way to treat them effectively or get them into some kind of thing where they can control their urges or. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but like there's got to be something, right? No, I mean, it's, it's, I, I have a lot of respect for, uh, I feel like the, the safe Chuck guy is much more reserved about this and he feels less comfortable talking about mm-hmm. it or, or he's less willing to talk about it. I'm sure Wade does not feel comfortable at all, but I have a mm-hmm. lot of respect for Wade going through the process that he went through, you know, mm-hmm. like where he, he started going to therapy and he started right. talking about these things, but only in the terms that were like positive. Right. Right. Like, Oh, Michael Jackson and I, here's all the things we did together and how glorious it was. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, with his son and everything, he started realizing, well, this is extremely unhealthy. I'm not, I'm not actually getting to any sorts of problems here. And so he talked about the bad things that happened with Michael. Uh, I have a lot of respect for that process. And I feel like, if that was a process that Michael Jackson himself went through, mm. and I, I'm hopeful that Wade can sort of break, you know, those repetitive cycles that happen with well, it's abuse. kind of like in South America how they did the the Truth and Reconciliation Act, where it's like let's just bad shit happened, yeah, an injustice reign for a lot of years. Let's not brush it aside. Let's actually unpack it and let's get to the bottom right. and let's all talk about it. Because if you leave it under the covers, nothing gets resolved. Yeah, and nothing like can it, be fixed. It, it seems like I don't know what that would even look like uh, with a guy like Michael Jackson. Um, but like for these victims, being able to unpack it at their own pace and and heal and and honestly, they're probably 
I would imagine they are doing psychological harm to themselves by coming forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the amount of death threats and negativity that I've just seen in casual looking online, what they're getting in their real lives. And they're pr- you're probably never ready to come forward with this kind of bombshell to drop in society mm-hmm. and deal with the kind of crazy attention you're going to get. Um, I feel like it's heroic because they're probably setting their personal advancement and getting and, and, and putting this chapter behind them behind by doing this. But the other thing I want to talk about is a lot of times we talk about these men and, and women that are sexually abused as like they're ruined. Um, and I think one of the themes that comes out of this is that you are certainly a changed individual. You're not going to be the person that you would have grown up and had this thing not happened, mm-hmm. but you're not damaged you're not de- no. broken. You're not destroyed. Uh, you can be happy, and you can have you can you can be successful. You can be famous. You can be powerful yourself. You can have any kind of career you want. It doesn't have to define you. But those are things that you have to you have to take those steps to heal and to get um uh to 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 to, to get to, to get to that good place. Yeah, this is why I said I respect Wade so much because he understands that. Like mm-hmm. he he talked about you know this feels bad, but it also feels good. Like this, this is the thing that I need to heal. And like, you look at him where he was in 2011, having panic attacks and breaking down, like that, as much as this is going to ruin his life, that was going to ruin his life 10 times over. Like, this is at least a path towards something that could make him personally feel better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's a hard road to walk down though. I'm sure. Yeah, and to do it very, very publicly, like yeah. just dealing with this. If it was a, you know, a, a person that lived in the neighborhood that wasn't famous at all, right. um, would be hard enough. But to do this in the public eye, but it's also it's like that's why these guys can do so much good because you know guys like Anthony Edwards and and these get guys and Terry Crews stepping forward and be like, this happened to me, and this doesn't do anything to take away from my masculinity or my worth as a human, and it's not about it. it it's that stuff is so incredibly valuable because they have the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I, I think, um, and I, I just guess I'm blown away by the people who don't believe them. Like, unless these guys are incredible actors and have done and, and bad faith because, because out if, their ass, I, yeah, I can't see how these people are possibly lying. Cause as we discussed, like how the, the pathology of child abuse is not really well known in, and yeah. common knowledge. So these guys would have had to not only get the story straight with all their mm-hmm. family and be willing to do this tour, this, this humiliating tour of shame, but also have done a shit ton of research on how pedophiles actually operate right. and come up with really compelling stories that are supported by all these like, yeah, there's no physical, there's no like fucking semen sample from Michael Jackson that we found on these children. But yeah. you look at the photos, the videos, the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the faxes and you look at some of the details, like the elaborate alarm systems he had with his, the, 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 the sleeping quarters and mm-hmm. that he had these like ero- works of child erotica that he used to show children and, and conventional pornography, which, you know, I, I saw like uh, people saying like, well, you know, like por- porn's porn and people have porn and child erotica. Like that's a valid art thing. It's like, man, it's, man, easy. it's the context, motherfuckers. I, I know it's easy. It's so easy to say, well, oh, he just liked 
being around kids or, oh, the porn was just porn. People have porn. But like you got to take it all together. Like a bookshelf. What does this look like to you? A, a bookshelf full of child erotica in an art collector's home among a collection of thousands is no big deal. Uh huh. A bookcase full of child erotica at a McDonald's would be a fucking problem. And this is a this is yeah. a child erotica section at McDonald's, okay? Yeah. So and, it, and it's in the fucking playpen. Yes. And it's with the ball pit. Yes. And, and, and parents are not allowed. There yeah. are no cameras here. There's no <laughs> right. recording devices. Like, come Dude, on. Dude, if you don't see the pattern here, I don't know what to tell you. Yes. I really don't. Yeah. And yeah. I have friends I know that will defend Michael Jackson to the death will never believe this. It's out of, but the no thing matter is, what it's, evidence It's out of place of, of ignorance because they just don't – they don't know how child abuse works. And this this documentary does an excellent job. And, and, and really the first two hours the, – the second two hours is almost like the aftermath. Um, but it does such a great job of showing how this all works. I thought the and second two it, hours was the most compelling. Huh. Yeah. Just just from the the process yeah. of, of understanding it and dealing with it. I guess you're right. You're right. Um I guess like I think I mean I'm not trying to be right. I'm no, just trying to state my opinion. No, I think but. I think for so I, I was thinking like what is most useful for prophylactic purposes and that's like as a mm, parent I yeah, think yeah. the first 2 hours is like this is okay. the signs this is what a child who's in this relationship looks like. This is what the adult this is the pattern of progression and this is what the yeah. these are the things to look out for whereas like the second part is all about the damage is done, how do you recover, rebuild, mitigate Right. And 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 be better than you were, which is fine. But it's like that's a containment strategy versus prevention. Sure. So, yeah. but yeah, like, uh, I mean, obviously, one out of six men, and God knows how many, the, whatever the horrific, the horrific like five thing, out of six uh, women. women I'd have to guess. Uh, yeah. You know, that second thing is the is the medicine. Um, yeah. And I hope everybody. I and mean, that's one of the things that makes me so angry about the way things are divvied up in America. Is I know firsthand how hard it is, even if you have insurance, to get help to go to the fucking list of doctors and to call them and to find the ones that have availability and the, the ones that take your t- particular type of insurance and what their pay rate is. And it's very tough, but it's, it's the only way forward. So there's programs out there to help for free. There's hotlines to call. Um, there's a lot of information online. There is that, that Oprah episode highlighted some resources and things that you could, you could look at too. That's, that's part of the, the, the HBO package that's, that's collected with this. Hmm. And if you are in that one out of six or three out of five, uh, you know, you don't have to live, you don't have to live with the shame and feel like you're alone and feel like you did something wrong. Um, you, you, you can get help. You can, you can be a better version of who you already are. Um, and I'd say that's I'm glad I watched this. This is a, this is a tough one to watch too, man. I think it finally just puts a nail in the coffin of this idea that Michael Jackson just liked being around children. That he was a Peter Pan. Yeah. 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 That he was forever young and had the mentality of a child and enjoyed their company. That's not it. No, y'all. he had an adult. He had a very seemingly adult understanding of how relationships work and uh yeah i mean if if you want to understand it look at when he called these children after losing touch with them right it's when the fucking accusations came out and he needed their help otherwise he was going to fucking jail love like, bomb love bomb him it's yeah stand, it's a, this is this is um and this it's you know, transparent and it's disgusting it's honestly cult recruitment tactics which i think is yeah. interesting since he grew up in one mm-hmm. um and like we've said many times, those cult tactics, you think they won't work on you, but they do. They work on everyone. They're universal, and they work super good on children. Um, and so, I yeah. think I've been okay for the last, like, 20 years to just sort of sweep, you know, Michael Jackson's weirdness under that rug. 
and like, lots well, of stuff. Like, they similarly. never proved anything. Yeah. They went to court a couple times, right. and surely it would have come out if that was actually the case. But yeah, honestly, no, no. He's a very powerful man, a very rich man. Uh, was was both of those things, and I think the public has just not wanted to accept this. I tell you what, there had to be. I also wonder because Neverland's not a place you just live at as a, <laughs> as a bachelor. That <laughs> no. what's the staff at Neverland? Uh, it's got to be in probably a hundred, I would imagine. I mean, I was saying to, dozens, but like, yeah, to do all the there's got to be half a dozen fuckers that helped him too. Got to be right. Or at least turned some an eye to some very some strange keepers, Some yeah, yeah. and I, I get it that the parents are doing it too. But like these people saw Pat like this pattern repeat again and again and again and again with different boys, different com- like. I, yeah. There's got to be some people. That's the other thing. Like much like the fire festival, where it's like, <laughs> gee whiz, only one person's responsible for all this, huh? No other. Everyone's hands, everyone else's hands yeah. are blameless, huh? Huh? I, I I bet there's some dirt there's some dirt under fingernails blood on some hands and I wonder I mean that's not the point of this documentary yeah but I wonder if there is any profit into looking at that because yeah I don't know how do you prevent this how do you make it to where I mean I just if you're not a pedophile that's the thing like a pedophile I guess I understand pedophile enablers what the fuck yeah I'm assuming what's the incentive. You're as disgusted by this as everybody, but you're going along with it because he's your boss or because he's got a lot. Like, that's the shit that blows my mind. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Leaving. <laughs> are we ready to leave Neverland and burn that fucker through the ground? Please. I hear it's called, like, uh, something Valley Ranch now. It's like. Don't, don't, don't ruin ranch dressing like, for me, uh, they, they, they They are trying to sell it. It's on the market. It's 35 mil in case of any Who buys our... that place? I don't, I don't like, know. Like Maryland, like some kind of weirdo Mar- new Marilyn Manson type that just right. like fully leans into the haunted, the truly haunted nature of this place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe you can turn it to like, it also would be like, would be interesting. It'd be interesting to like the, for not for profit to take that over and turn it into like a make a wish thing. And like maybe like a, um, uh, a museum of child abuse, <laughs> like uh, like some kind of educational thing. But you'd have to get this, like the estate of Mike, Michael Jackson's estate is a damn sight f- away from reconciling any of this truth. Oh, yeah. Um, and they would have to be involved, I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. all right. That's Bald Move TV. Uh, as always, you can send feedback to TV at baldmove.com uh, and you can discuss this stuff on the forums at forums.baldmove.com. American Gods Season 2 comes back this weekend on Sunday. Cecily and I will be talking about that on Bald Move Television next week, as long as well as a bunch of other stuff that we probably don't even know about. Um, but there'll, there'll be a podcast on it. Uh, check that out. And until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.